The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is probably Friday, September 30th, if you're listening to this. It could be. It is. A, it may be Thursday, September 29th, if you're watching it on YouTube, live on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. And the uh, Cincinnati Bengals just defeated the Miami Dolphins 27 to 15. Of course... It's not the time for gloating, breach. Your team won a game in which you probably came away thinking, oh my gosh, hope we lose a lot more games that way this guy gets fired because he's going to get a quarterback killed and he's terrible at calling plays on first down and seems to think that running 52 times in the red zone and inside the five-yard line and on the goal line is smart. But we have to get to the more important topic. To a topic Before the record, I had none of those thoughts. Okay. Anyway, joining me, Ryan Wilson, John Breach. What's up, fellas? uh hello yes that is the correct tenor of the response no hey 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 brinton the Bengals are no longer in last place it's worth noting by the way this is about while you were late brinson coming to the podcast as per usual uh billy and i were informed that breach is in fact wearing a onesie a Bengals onesie are you, is that true? With with feeties. There's no way well, I'll it, unless I show my feet, this can't be confirmed, and I'm not showing my feet on YouTube. Uh, Rex Ryan might be watching. I don't, I don't want to risk anything. Rex Ryan, so much for the serious nature of this start to this podcast. Um, also, if, podcast. if you, if you were wearing a onesie, breaches uniform, your feet would be covered, so you could show them. But that means you're lying. That's just a hoodie. It's a, like a fleece. It's like a pajama material hoodie. Oh, no, it's just a, it's just an NFL standard hoodie. <laughs> the the thing is, the joke might be on, on all of us when Breach stands up and it's not wearing anything. So I let's just, let's just move what? on. What is that little? <laughs> <laughs> What's that acorn doing? <laughs> what 
Yes. But Brenton, as much as we would love to talk about the Bengals, they will probably be talked about on the second half of this podcast. Yeah. Because of uh, where right, well, it is tradition on this podcast to talk about the winning team second. And, and honestly, it, it does make sense to start with the Dolphins and Tua Tungvaloa. Um, uh, Wilson, you, I, I feel like you were the most uh, um, the voluminous Zippers. speaker last Sunday when talking about Tua's injury that was classified as a head injury by the Dolphins. No. no originally, it was classified as a head injury. He was questionable return with a head injury. He, Oh, in game, right, yeah. He was pushed to the ground. This is last Sunday, week three. Pushed to the ground by Matt Milano. Yep. He hit his head on the ground. He stood up. He was running back towards the huddle. He stopped. He went down to the ground. Hold on. He he didn't run. He sort of jogged, and he stumbled. And he stumbled down to a knee with no one around him. Yes. So it, he, he yeah. then also needed help. He was taken to the blue. He was ta- he he went through the concussion protocol. This was in the first half. Went to the, yeah. went to the halftime. Yes. And, and look, this is giving background for what happened tonight. And yeah. then he the Dolphins later said actually it was a back injury and ankle somehow. I think he hurt his ankle later. At, at any rate, um, there was no head injury according to the Dolphins, even though they announced that they changed it later. And then tonight he was whipped to the ground mm. and hit his head on the ground and had to be carted off on a stretcher. In had a, a fencing very, very reflex, sp- which is where you flex your arms or your fingers and really makes people very uncomfortable to have to watch it. I'm sure it made Tua feel terrible as well to actually yep. live through it. But it's one of those things that apparently, according to neurologists and neurosurgeons and anyone that studies the brain, it makes it clear that you've had a, a serious... Uh, your, your brain is sending some sort of reactionary right. response to shock. Being sloshed around in the yeah. skull. And, and so... All of this takes place in the context of the Dolphins doing changing the injury report last week. Well, wait, changing wait. the injury destination. Sorry. Um, yeah, two, one uh, was end game and one was after. Just for clarification, I'm not saying it's sure. right or wrong, but just so we're clear. Yeah. Um, a bizarre way that it, and, and look, this is part and parcel of a brand new broadcast team and a brand new halftime team being asked to discuss something they haven't done Am- the Amazon crew while also being a part aggressively partnered with the league for the first time, the NFL and not wanting to, I mean, look, I mean, the, we're being honest here. I, there was probably a lack of a veteran presence, a veteran broadcasting presence to discuss why Tua was on the field in the Al first Michaels place. was in the booth. Al Michaels is 80 years old. I don't, I don't think I'm talking about the halftime team. The- yeah, I don't think that even matters. That that has nothing to do with the, it's not necessarily their job. We can just as much talk about what we think as a, what the that crew thinks. It doesn't. I, mean, I, mean, I would I would I would push back on that a little bit, but okay. If you're not on Twitter and you're just watching the game and you get your news various other places, whether it's CBS, I mean, the Amazon, somebody in Amazon to like production crew is getting their news on Twitter because they changed their tenor after the game. Of course, but that that's you could argue part of the problem. I, I I'm not going to fault Richard Sherman, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Andrew Whitworth who've been out of the league for 15 minutes for, for not going all in on this. I mean, as, can, as our pal, Michael Davis Smith pointed out, Richard Sherman dirt when he was a player was consistently complaining about the quick turn. There's no player that likes Thursday night football. Sure. I mean, yeah, but Richard I, Sherman wrote an entire article for the players tribune on it. Fair enough. But I mean, right, let me, let me ask you this. Do you, think, the bigger story is, are the dolphins a two It has nothing to do with the halftime show is my point. You know no, what I'm saying? Yeah, sure, of course. Do you think that the dolphins, Failed to a yes. Okay. 
whether it's the Dolphins, whether it's on the field tonight. No, of course not. Whether it's the Dolphins, whether it was the the neurologist in charge of it, whether it was the NFL, wherever the finger needs to be pointed, Tua shouldn't have come on after halftime last week. And I said that at the time. That's not you don't have to be smart to know that. I mean, clearly, because if I'm saying it, any moron with with you know half paying attention would understand that if you're stumbling around, which is also on the on the no go list for the NFL's concussion protocol in black and white, and he was stumbling around, unable to keep your balance. Whether it's your back or not, how about you just keep them out? And, you know, several people tweeted throughout the evening, this is the worst-case scenario for the NFL in that you had four days, you're doing an investigation, and whether that invest- investigation was serious or not, now it has to be serious. Like, you could have been just... Well, the NFL wasn't investigating. The NFL PA was investigating. Okay, well, it has to be serious, is my point. No, no, I'm saying, but like, yeah, the NFL wasn't doing, like, some cursory investigation. It was the NFL PA saying, hey, we, we think you kind of kind of did something bad here we'd like to investigate it it it, it does feel does this feel 2000 um 2013 when was the brandy brandon merriweather on todd heap hit and the and the oh, colt gosh. mccoy james harrison hit the uh, early i feel like 2011 okay. and i'm not saying that this this feels like a little bit of a sea change moment just for the nfl because for a while it had gotten to the point where if you were concussed or like potentially concussed you just weren't playing the next week. Except, like, you, you know, MLB has a seven-day concussion protocol. Baseball. No, yeah, Bill and I were talking about this before the podcast. NBA NBA guys don't come back. Right okay, but that's, that's, that's a different argument because the argument is why – because like you guys have already said, Tua was not diagnosed with a concussion by the independent specialist or oh, by the Dolphins team physician. So from those people's point of view – they weren't putting him out there to get their concussion because he never suffered one in the first place. So that is the problem. It's he not never, he never went into concussion protocol. Well, well, how do you fix that problem? How do you make sure something that's so obvious to everyone watching at home? I mean, you have actual, you know, we play doctors on Twitter, but there were actual doctors on Twitter saying he clearly has concussion symptoms. He should not be going back in this game. You know, it's just like what Wilson's saying. And so the problem is that people were saying the, the people who evaluated him said it wasn't concussion, put it on his back injury, said that's what caused these things. And so you have to fix that problem before you can fix. You have to get the who the, the, the people who are evaluating these players have to be on the same page. So that's what you need to find out. Why did the independent, unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant decide that Tua didn't have a concussion if it seemed pretty clear that he did? Well, that's my other point. <clears throat> Whether wh- wherever the the truth lied four days ago, it's now it doesn't matter now because of what happened on Thursday night. Because now the NFL is going to be like, oh, okay, this people are outraged that someone. Well, well that's what I'm saying. I'm sorry, let me. Right, do you think that this is a sea change moment for the NFL? Because why we don't know what the NFL is going to do. The NFL not, People can look. People in the comments can say the NFL doesn't care. They can say that. That the league is not worth the, the league does care, and the league may care. The league, because the league cares, maybe not for the right reasons, but the well, league does care. I think it would be fair to say they need to care a little more. It, it's not complicated. They, they don't want to get sued again by another generation of players. That's all they care about. It's not complicated to say Tua shouldn't play. Like I've had back pains, and when you have back pains, you like grab your back and you like kind of like. You don't fall to the ground usually. He didn't fall. And then to the act ground. woozy. Yeah, he stumbled. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's not complicated. I, I mean, I don't know why this would be a sea change moment. Number one, it just happened. Number two, the NFL is, is in the business of making money. And, and just for the record, our, our graphic on the screen here, by the way, is, is the official designation of the NFL and the Dolphins, not our take on it. Yeah. So, I mean, if you just held them out last Thursday and didn't want to play tonight, we're probably in a different place. But as Breach noted, some doctor, one of the NFL-sponsored neurologists, said he didn't have a concussion and went through the week. Right, and an independent neurologist, not somebody employed by the Dolphins. So if you're the Dolphins and this independent neurologist tells you, nope, he doesn't have a concussion, he's good to go, you're going to take that and run with it. All right, well, then he's going to play Thursday because he doesn't have a concussion. We're not going to worry about Thursday. it. They brought him back out of the, <laughs> the game last For the week. second half, right. So, so like that is where you find where the root of the fault lies. Well, and it's worth noting that you can be concussed and not test positive for concussion. This is not like peeing in a cup and you test positive for whatever you're, you know, like is in your system. It is not, it is not, there is a literal, a lot of gray area, your brain all gray, obviously that's the joke. Um, there is, there's a, there's not, this is not a black and white test for concussions. Okay. What's your point? Well, that Tua could have been concussed on Sunday. Again, just err on the side of. of oh, no, I agree. That, but I'm saying that, like, that's the the protocol that you go in there, you get checked, you you go through the protocols. He passes, and so they say. So they have to come up with a way to say. And this is where this to me is where the investigation. The no go list says if you are unable to stand up straight. I'm saying that the boom the, done to, to me. The investigation should like center around once he was cleared by the independent neurologist for not having a concussion. What was the, who said, who determined that he had a back injury? How, like, how do we get to that point? Cause that feels to me like, okay, we can't just send it back out there and say nothing happened. There's but video even of him if, you're, down. if you're having those conversations, the question should be why, how do we get to this point as the independent neurologist? Because even if he doesn't have a concussion, the fact that he stumbled around and has some... Well, no, he probably did back. have a concussion. He just didn't po test positive for it. He didn't, he didn't test... You're it. not even a doctor, and you can come to that conclusion. That's right. my point. If well, you're the neurologist, just say, hey, you know what? Let's be cautious here, and we'll just have him sit down for the second half. That's all I'm saying. Instead, you roll his ass back out there, and then, you know, whether he was concussed or not on Thursday night, he was certainly concussed when he left the field because he got body slammed through the turf. The other thing I'll say, and this has nothing to do with Tua or um, the players or the neurologist... How about this? How about we make all the fields grass? How freaking hard is that? Odo Beckham talked about this the other day. Um, JC Trotter, who was the um, player rep for a while, I don't know if he still is, talked about this in 2020. It's not difficult for a bunch of billionaires to turn the turf fields into grass. Would that have saved two tonight? I don't know, but it, it certainly doesn't help to have your head slammed down on, on a thin layer of turf, which is covering concrete. And never mind the other lower body injuries that go on every – it just blows my mind that we're playing on turf. Unless you're a high school team or a lower college team where you don't have the money, there's no excuse for a professional team anywhere to have freaking turf. Even the Bengals? Absolutely not. John Harbaugh said that his players went to Steve Bishotti years ago and said, look, we don't like the turf. He's like, done. Put grass in there. Steelers have grass. Steelers have the same climate. Everyone, yeah, it, should not, it, it is like rock hard. But anyway, and, that's, and like that's that was a that was a hard whip, like back to the head. Oh, that's a body slam. Look, I was almost surprised there wasn't a flag on that. I don't know what the rules are on body slamming players inside the pocket. Maybe it's okay, but out in the middle of the field, if you do that, you get a flag. Yeah, I, I think that 
the way that if you watch a replay, it was almost like he just grabbed him and tackled him and, and Tua's like head happened to snap back and, and more, yeah, more because the guy weighs three twenty pounds and, and body slammed him to the ground. I don't think that's in dispute. All right. So I mean this is gonna be a story for huh, you think a bit. Uh and from JJ, here's what Mike McDaniel said after the game. Quote for me, as long as I'm coaching here. I'm not going to fudge that. If there's any inclination the person has a concussion, they go into the protocol, and it's very strict. As long as I'm the head coach, it'll never be an issue to worry about. So clearly, Mike McDaniel was just working under the belief that yes. there was no head injury at all suffered on Sunday, and that's how that's what the Dolphins are going to stand by, and they're going to say, look, he got cleared by an independent person that, that the NFL brought in here. So what do you want us to do? And that's... I mean, that's going to be what they're going to say to this. Well, and the other thing too is, if when you're the head coach doing this, and I mean, like, I know we were making, we were joking about Bill Belichick. He's like, I'm not a pediatrician. I'm not an orthopedic surgeon. Can you imagine if he were a pediatrician? Yeah. <laughs> Your son has polio. Next. <laughs> the, like, um, Mike McDaniel. So when a, when when this happens, when a player is taken to the medical situation, and you can remember, think about Dak Prescott and how that went down with with Mike McCarthy in a non in a very serious, but not like, you know, concerning head situation, you like as a head coach, you were not spending every minute of your time like talking to the doctors. You were, you were dealing, you, 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 the game's still going on. You're still worried. You know what I'm saying? You're still worried about the game. You want to get all the information, but you do have to game plan for the second half. There's a lot of things you have to do. I don't blame Mike McDaniel. I, I you have to, you have to operate on what information you are given from the people who are paid also worth noting, and someone mentioned this in the comments, Tua could be like, I'm fine. RG3, that was RG3's go-to this rookie season. What'd you say? Tua definitely said he was. I mean, Tua definitely would. Yeah, because like, hey, RG3 I, said that all the time his rookie season. One of the head injuries, it was like the knees or whatever it was, and he convinced um, Shanahan Senior to let him play and even know how all that stuff went. So it's not uncommon. For, and in fact, speaking of Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman also admitted that his rookie season, I think he said he got a concussion. He lied to stay in the game because he he needed to play. He was a fifth round pick or whatever. And it was important to get on the field. And that part I understand as well. Two is not in danger of losing his job, but he's a competitor and, you know, type A, whatever. Yeah. But I think you have to be able to. Well, I, again, I, I point the finger at the independent neurologist. Just be cautious. The problem is that the the independent neurologist, while independent, is also you know there on the NFL's behest. No, no, no. I I don't think that's true. And I think the bigger concern is um, who else is bringing them? Your reputation. I don't know how it works, but I can't. There's no. That's the whole point of them being independent. Oh no, no, no. But they're, they're, no, they're not. No, no, no. I I don't think that they're. Sorry, they are. They are there. I don't think they're like doing the like, NFL's like ha 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 Dr. Nick and he like you know like pulls off a, a mustache and is like yeah this guy's finding a man no, no I, I just mean that like the NFL the NFL brought these guys in but they established the minimum baseline standard for preventing guys from going back out on the field. Do you know that? I mean, do are you you feel comfortable saying there was a minimum baseline standard? Because I don't know that. I mean, based on the last four days, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I don't know the details. My point is that if you're the neurologist and it reflects on you personally, and we don't know who this man or woman is, no, but, that, that's your reputation. That's right. But there's like a standard protocol that you go through, and it's it's he's not the man or woman who's doing it is not like, 
hey, this guy looks like he's completely checked out. It's I'm going to uh, I'm going to do I'm going to like like this is what doctors do. They're going to look through seven to eight checkpoints, and if you pass, you pass. If you don't, you don't. Breach, what is the protocol for being an, an independent neurologist? Do you have that information? You like you're looking. Uh, you probably have to be a doctor. <laughs> Are we sure? So, I I would think that's a key. And then they wrote up the guidelines that all these players have to go through to pass concussion protocol. Yeah, no, JJ tweeted him out last Sunday. Uh, I think Billy put him in the the rundown for us, and um, he didn't pass last. Sat, uh, last Sunday, before when he got hurt, before just before halftime, uh, and yet he magically appeared in the second half. And you know, back injury, ankle injury. Later, he's playing on Thursday. Um, didn't play poorly, but I mean, he got his brain sloshed twice in five days. Is the reality whether he's concussed or not? It's not good for his above the neck going the, the, on. The fact that it happened Sunday to Thursday is the real problem. I think uh, on a, Monday it, to Sunday it would be just as bad. Well, yes, but if it was if there's like a Sunday one o'clock game. Be, Fewer people are watching. Okay. It's an island. It's an island. It, it, I mean, when I say the real problem, what I mean is the uh, the optics problem, but also the fact that, like, yeah, I agree with that. Four days ago, you tweeted as the my, the, the Dolphins medical staff said Tua is questionable return with a head injury, and then four days later, like he is out and he's been he's on a stretcher. And and, and um, uh, the other thing too about this, it's mentioned a lot that he has. It's like he has feeling in his extremities. That's just like that's great. This is not a it's not a spinal injury. Yeah, you know what he's feeling? Pain. Yeah, and then they said, and then, and then they're putting him on, a, on the plane. Yeah, that that. Why uh, would again. you not spend the night in Cincinnati? What do you need to get back? Do you, do, I mean, do you have to get back to see the Miami doctors? Because they, I'm not sure that those guys. All off of there's like, come on, guys, two. He got TKO last Sunday. Yes, that's what we've been saying. Um, Breach, you did say that Mike McDaniel, you talked about that tweet you put in there where you said unequivocally yes? Uh, not that one. I talked about the one before that. So, But basically, McDaniel was also asked, can you unequivocally say that Tua did not suffer a concussion on Sunday? And he said yes. Tua did not suffer a concussion. I mean, that's sort of what you have to say. You can't hedge that answer. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? Did you hear uh, Herb Street and Al Michaels? So, and you guys are giving me crap for tweeting this, but like, the halftime show, Amazon's halftime show didn't mention, maybe Andrew Whitworth did a little bit, talking about like the whole lead up to this. They they were trying to be, so, like, uh, uh, they were trying to act, they were trying to talk appropriately about like, hey, the important thing is two is okay. And, and like, he's, you know, he can move his fingers and all that. Um, but then you could tell that they cut to Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet and they did this like quick, little montage of last week and a breakdown out of it. And it was, it was very, I don't want to call somebody's broadcasting skills sloppy because you know, um, me, uh, and Herb Street, right. Herb Street's a professional. Al Michaels is like the goat, but you could tell that they were not prepared to do that convert, to have that conversation. And it felt like somebody was reading. It was like, Oh my God, no one on, no one on this broadcast is talking about it. We need to talk about it now. And then after the game, there was a whole like, launching pad situation with it with the everyone on the, on the set where they were talking about it um I, I just think that it's it's interesting like will will this will this conversation linger past tonight will it <laughs> I mean, yeah I, again i don't think it's necessarily on the telecast in real time i think i guarantee you 
We'll be talking about it tomorrow on HQ. They'll be talking about it on the, on the ESPN properties. You can bet your ass on that. Uh, I think Mike Florio, who spent all of halftime talking about it, will continue to talk about it um, on PFT and his radio show. I don't think this is going anywhere. I don't care that they didn't talk about that. I, I said it already. I mean, that's not – it's, you know, 15 minutes. I'm not trying to complain about the broadcast. I'm just saying that, like – It's not going anywhere. I mean – Chris Collinsworth was in the – how awkward do you think that was? Chris Collinsworth was hanging out with Roger Goodell, and then that happens. I'm sure Chris Collinsworth had to do the old moonwalk out the back door. What are you talking about? Goodell was there. What, what does that have to do with Chris Collinsworth? I would imagine that's a conversation they might want to have if they're sitting there having a, drinking a beer. You know what I'm He's, saying? You know that this wasn't – Chris Collinsworth's not on the Amazon broadcast, right? He was – Sitting with Roger Goodell. He's saying that he was sitting with Roger Goodell at the football game, and that if you're Collinsworth and you see all this concussion stuff happening, you might want to say to Goodell, "Ooh, this isn't a great." Oh, I see what for the like, like, hey, listen, buddy. Either I'm going to talk about it on Sunday, or I'm not going to talk about it. On or Sunday. just like right, but if I'm not here, I can't talk about it. Yeah, so maybe yeah. I should not be here. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's why I was trying to get. You're too busy tweeting. You didn't see you see Collinsworth. That's all right. I put my Brinton explainers on Wilson, which is weird because this is the biggest Collinsworth. Fanboy uh, <laughs> on the internet. He was too busy googling pictures of Collinsworth <laughs> shirtless. I was like, listen. Uh, but okay. anyway, so right, anyway, uh, we've, we I think we've covered the two of stuff. Yeah, let's take a break. When we come back. We'll talk about the game. Dolphins, Bengals. Next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles. Chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 27 to 15, the Bengals won. Um... And again, if we've we have already discussed the Tua injury situation, I thought Teddy Bridgewater acquitted himself pretty well. Fourteen to twenty three, hundred ninety three yards, a touchdown, a pick. Joe Burrow was fine. He, he didn't some, get hit a lot. What's that? Yeah, it felt like it. I, I think if I were if I were, I mean, I keep blaming the guy who won by twelve the coach of the team that won by 12, but like it felt like Zach Taylor's game plan here was not great. Breach. I'm going to say it again. I, I have no idea. I, I think I do have an idea, but it's hard to see in real time, whether he's a good coach. I, I told you, and I literally you say, say this, this every week. Like, you say this since the Super Bowl. Like, every <laughs> single week I have said this, and I'm the Bengals fan here is that I don't know. I, I half the time I'm like, Oh, well that's pretty smart. Half the time. I'm like this guy has no idea what he's doing. What is going on? Does he deserve to be a coach in the NFL? And it's like, he is. It, it, I don't even know what. Let me let me ask you this, Breach. So early in the first half, and Ben Baby tweeted this out last week. Who covers the um, Bengals three ESPN uh, after the Jets win? Uh, Zach Taylor laughs about a failed fourth and one against the Jets, and Zach says, "Any other play call would have worked, other than the one I called." Guess what he called? 
in the first half on a fourth and inches. He called a toss sweep to, I think it was to Mixon, didn't matter who it was, that went for a loss. Why, why would he do that seven days after or five days after admitting that that stupid play didn't work and he would call any? Like, what, what could he possibly be thinking? Well, I'll say, number one, so I went back and watched that in slow-mo. When Mixon caught the ball, he was seven yards behind the line. <laughs> Is that good? To gain. So literally, instead of getting one yard, you don't have to get seven yards uh, to get this first down on fourth and one. Number two, the Bengals had been bullying. We don't see that from the Bengals offensive line. They were running up the gut. They were getting three yards per carry, which isn't great in, you know, in normal football terms, but when you only need a yard for a first down and your running back has a nice two or three yard hole to get through every time, why would you leave that? Why are you either, you either do what you got you there, which was these little runs up the middle, or you say, Hey, look, we have a star quarterback. Let's let him throw the ball. It, that, I mean, the call was absolutely perplexing. The the Bengals, the Dolphins went two of 10 on, on, on third down and held the Bengals at 2.2 yards per rush. Outgained them in, in yardage, outgained them in first downs. And, and by the way, Xavier Howard went out. He was not good early on because he was hurt. And then they brought in two backups to the backups and who got summarily roasted, as you might expect. I, I don't think that I think the Bengals could have won this. I can't. It, it's weird that the Bengals won this game by 12. It did not feel at any point I had the Bengals. The Dolphins could have won the game except for the, if Teddy hadn't thrown the interception at the end. Yeah. I had the, I, I bet, I bet the Bengals. And I pointed out I took the Bengals on 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 CBS. I we all did, everyone did. I had the no cover. Point, at no point did I feel good about the Bengals bet. Like within like outside of the first touchdown they scored, the first drive scripted was great. After that, it was absolute crap. The red zone offense was horrendous. So it was the so it was the the Dolphins. I felt by the way. Um, I think both teams went goal to go two of fifty uh, percent. I guess, but. I didn't feel like the Bengals were that good in there. I mean, they had an ugly, ugly first half. I thought Joe Burrow looked extremely below average, barely completed. uh, He he missed throws. Missed a lot of throws. A lot of throws that he makes all of the time, and it just felt like, my God, he is off. If he's off the rest of this game, I don't think they're going to win. That's what I felt at halftime. But literally with about – he just looked a lot better in the second half. He went 11 of 15 for 155 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he was on fire in the second half. And even Zach Taylor's play calling. I thought the, the Tyler Boyd pass on uh, third and 10, I think it was. That was, that, was, that was a game changer. Yeah. He had like a couple moments where he called good plays. I thought Mike McDaniel had a really nice play call uh, uh, thing going like that. The shovel pass to Chase Evans. Teddy Teddy Bridgewater is such a nice backup to have, but you know you're not gonna. I don't. I, it, it, what a weird, what a bizarre game. But let me say this about the Bengals' offense: is that say what you will about the beginning of the game. Once they went down fifteen to fourteen in the second half, scored on a possession, scored on a possession, scored on a possession. They scored on three straight possessions, and the Dolphins well, had no answers for them. What did you think about? What did you think about the? I'm trying to make sure I got it. Well, hold on. Let, let me say they scored on three three straight possessions uh, against a team with no cornerbacks and a and a what, quarterback what did you that hear was in the, the hospital. Seven toss to uh, Chase down the field. Which one? The the one that like basically sealed it. They're at the forty two, second and seven. They're at Miami's forty two. 
What do you mean? What do you think about it? What? What would? There's two. There's two fifty eight left. They've been running. They just like they blatantly tried to just bleed the clock out, and they out of nowhere just go up top to Jamar Chase. I I think that's like a Joe Burrow call, not a Zach Taylor call. Again, there was there were no cornerbacks that could cover anyone running routes. It's not even that that courageous of a call. Well, and I think that that's what you're thinking because the Dolphins had two timeouts left at that point, and so you're thinking, all right, well, if we run here and run third down, they can stop the clock. So yeah. why don't we just take one shot? Uh, and yes, that leaves them with one extra timeout. But if we hit it, we win. So, like, I don't hate that at all. I, he especially was open. That's what I was trying to bring up. What I thought was the differential play Entire secondary is injured. You yeah. feel good about your chances. Like in a that situation. throw with breaches arm. Breaches making that throw nine times out of ten. Easy. No, because it went. Uh, uh, yeah, it was thirty six yards. He could make that. Right. If it had gone forty one, he'd have been out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah it was um, try to think. Uh, what uh what what else what else for the game? I don't I don't I the, the two of thing just it it felt weird watching the whole second half. Yeah, no, it reminded me uh like earlier today, if you guys haven't listened to the podcast, you can listen to the mailback with with our guy Brad, uh listener, viewer who ponied up money to to be on the podcast helping out say Jude's. But he asked us, you know, um if we ever get in a word burned out from watching football all the time. And I forgot that watching serious injuries really bums me out. Like it, it really saps. I remember like the, the um, I was saying earlier, the uh, uh, Colton Coy, the James Harrison hit on that Thursday night game where you're like, Oh my God. He's dead. Yeah. And we haven't had something that serious in a while, but Richard Sermon said something at halftime that made me like take a beat. He's seen, he said, I've been on the field for three times where players have had career ending injuries. That's pretty freaking grim. Yeah. Um, but again, that's, you know, we, we can talk ourselves into anything and, you know, we understand the rules. And the other thing that I think is worth noting about the Tua stuff is that Tua understands the the risks. Now, there are precautions in place that are supposed to help people um, get out of their own way, and we can argue about that later. But, you know, it wasn't like he was blindsided by this. Well, um, a little bit like Justin Herbert, right? I mean, yeah. In, not with a, you know, obviously you're, you're, I'm assuming Justin Herbert wanted to say in the game last week when Brandon Herbert, Herbert, there was some quote out there. Herbert was like, I can't leave because no one else is leaving. And that's sort of like the football mentality, especially as the quarterback. And it just like, that's, I mean, it's also like why it's a bad franchise to stay bad. It's like, you, you keep putting you know, step up and tell your quarterback, he's not playing because you need him to get better and to become your franchise quarterback. And the other thing too, is that, and I, I loosely understand this, but it, it, you know what? I'm not going back to the two thing, but it's like a second concussion that quickly after a first concussion is worse. Like it, like it, it it's, I mean, the obvious exponential ramifications. Hey, breach. What do you think about this from, um, ESPN's Mike Clay? He tweeted this, uh, during the game, late in the game, T Higgins, who's missed most, who missed most of week one currently has more fantasy points than Jamar chase. I'm fine with that. You want to have the Bengals literally have two number one receivers. T Higgins is that good. I mean, we saw him make that insane catch that ended up being rolled out of bounds because of the weird backwards forward feet. Uh, But man, T Higgins balls out. And and, and literally the Dolphins, their game plan was, hey, look, don't let Jamar Chase beat us. Uh, Well, if somebody else wants to, and that's what T Higgins did. I mean, 124 yards and a touchdown. The 59 yard touchdown was so big because the Dolphins, just completely shut the Bengals down after the opening drive. They could not do anything. They were getting booed. You have a team, they were <laughs> winning seven to six and getting booed by their home crowd. This wasn't like a Broncos situation where 
offense did nothing all season and they were losing. No, the Bengals were winning late in the second quarter and getting booed, even though they were winning uh, 7-6. So for that to happen on a third and 11, no less, you know, Joe Burrow saw the man-to-man coverage and said, all right, we'll just go ahead and beat that because you can't really cover. T- There's only uh, maybe three or four guys in cover T Higgins man-to-man uh, in the entire NFL. And great throw, great catch, score touchdown. Is Logan Wilson the best defensive player on this team not named Hendrickson? BJ, BJ Hill. Yeah, probably. I mean, D- they didn't even have DJ Reader tonight. That's another thing is that where... But before you move to defense, would you take... To uh, Waddle and Tyreek Hill or Jamar Chase and T. Higgins? I mean, Who's my half, quarterback? Is it Burrow? No, so half, Burrow, I want Chase because the chemistry, so I'm taking Chase and Higgins. It's a half a dozen. I mean, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I, I don't think it's like – I think it's like the opposite. Why? One is like, one is like uh, Levis Rancheros and one is like an omelet. Which is which? Mm, <laughs> I would say that Tyreek and Jalen are the Huevos because they're a little spicier. Okay, but I mean, you're they're like the top four wide receivers. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> so <snort? laughs> I did. I mean, that's just such a weird question. Would you rather have like uh, nine straight unders? Would you rather have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? I mean, okay, yeah, I could, I'm not, I could see one or the well, other. But, teams uh, just played. I was just I was like, I don't care what the answer is. I'm just asking you a question. <laughs> nine I'm straight unders for the Bengals, by the way. Uh, also, nine straight games where Evan Pearson has hit at least two field goals. So just keep betting over on that one. Bengals kick field goals. That's good for unders. By the way, that's actually those points are both good ones in, in the sense that you should be very concerned, Breach, about this team down the stretch because if they can't score points and you have to rely on your kicker to boom field goals left and right, you're not going to win every game 14 to 13. This feels like the, the Bengals feel like a team where the thing that happened last year was Zach Taylor wasn't coaching well. They would get down points and Joe Burrow would just pull out the magic beans and it does Joe Burrow have the magic beans again. So only one sack this time. I don't. It didn't feel like he was pressured a lot. Maybe you might feel otherwise, but my point is this: if there's no pressure, what's Zach Taylor's excuse for dialing up all these crap plays? He's not good. <laughs> what else? What's his other excuse when he's asked by Mike Brown why he's dialing up all these crap plays? I, I, the Bengals were a top ten scoring team in the NFL going into this Burrow, game. Man. I okay, mean, well, okay, what's your, say what you want, but I'm just telling you. You're, so you're, not, you're not worried rips, about this. You're the one who constantly rips Zach Taylor. Are you, are you out, in or out? What's happening? Yeah, you can't make I told you I'm one what foot in, one foot out. Here? So you're not, My opinion of Zach Taylor has never changed. I am on the fence at all times until I have a reason to be on one side of it. So you're, not concerned, on you're not concerned about the lack of points? No. What do you mean lack of points? That's what I'm saying. They are a top 10 scoring team in the NFL going into week four, and they just put up 27 points. Like, okay. If this, they're only going to get more comfortable and get better. They weren't great. Uh, what to start last season? I can't remember what they did. They lost to the Bears. They only scored seventeen points against against them. They just they lost to Mister Bisky, by the way. And we omelet is a vessel. Uh, I I agree with that, but I think that like eggs in general are just can be a vessel. They can also be like this the primary ingredient for a breakfast or a brunch. But let's say vessel. All right. The Bengals just beat the last remaining undefeated team by That's 12 points. That's not true. The and Eagles are so in the AFC, the last remaining team undefeated team. Yeah, in the but AFC. the difference is that the Eagles are good and the, and the Eagle, uh, the what Dolphins you, got lucky. You have a gigantic mason jar with a handle? What is happening here? No, no, it's a, it's a regular size mason jar. Breach what is, is happening here? Breach is a hobbit. You know, it's funny. If you guys do want to, uh, another talking point, I would say all the fourth and ones in this game, uh, 
brought up some fascinating discussions because not only do we have, you know, Brinson, you brought up the Zach Taylor pitch play to Joe Mixon on fourth and one. Uh, Mike McDaniel had a fourth and one. They decided to try Jason Sanders' 52-yard field goal. That was the one that got blocked. Uh, I think if I just lost my quarterback, because that's what happened, that was Teddy that was Bridgewater. after Tua, right? Teddy Bridgewater came in. His first play was third and 17. He threw a 16-yard laser. Now it's fourth and one. Uh, I'm at least thinking about going for that. What about Teddy's yeah. hat? I like Teddy's hat, too. I didn't see that, but I felt the same way about that fourth and one. I also it's understood great. why. It's like a large hat. You really didn't see the hat? No, I didn't see the hat. You didn't see Chris Collinsworth. Was it sombrero? That's more egregious. What up there like high fiving Goodell is two of like, Hey Breach, um, someone in the comments asked, why can't the Bengals run the ball? They had trouble, a lot of trouble. The Dolphins actually front seven's pretty good. But I mean, and that's a good question. That would be the thing I'm worried about is the fact that they can't run because they do if they're gonna win big games or or keep winning or if the offense is going to get better, they have to figure out how to run the ball. They can't be averaging uh, 0.2 yards per carry. Joe Mixon getting uh, – Zach Taylor just keeps calling run plays on first down. Joe Mixon getting two yards, and now you're faced with just second and eight all day. Uh, that's not ideal. But that's where you guys came in with, hey, Joe Burrow bails him out. So, All right, how big uh, – first, well, let's just speculate because that's what we do in this podcast. Facts are – Facts are – not not well. Facts are facts are lazy and facts are straight. So um that 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 remind that that reminded me of okay, the salt and pepper song. <clears throat> um headline, but sure. So let's just knowing absolutely nothing, when does Tua return? Just what what week? It's week four now. Uh I mean just your opinion, not based on what you think's gonna happen, just when you think he will be back. When he should or when he will? No, I just said your opinion, not based Where's, on. The first problem is that now they now have 10 days off. So there will be an argument for the Dolphins to think, oh, you know what? If he's, We'll talk to him next Tuesday and we'll see where he is. because he'll have week six. I think that's okay. correct. Oh, really? I'd be week five. I was going to say week five, but I felt like that would feel like. There would be so much blowback if he returns. I'm going to say I'm going to say week eight. What? I'm just going to, I'm going the opposite direction. I want to, head and neck injury, so we need to hear like the extent of yeah. the part that wasn't the head. Um, just everything. You cannot but, roll him back out there in 10 days. Oh my gosh. I, it is crazy. I mean, I, you're at we, the jets. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Oh, if I you're playing Coral Gables high school, you ooh, can't go. Like actually, he might be out for a while. Cause they, they have the, at the jets, they have the uh, Vikings at home. Steelers at home, at the Lions, at the Bears. I think that if you, this is not like we. This is just if you put put yourself in the mindset of an NFL team, NFL coaching staff, ownership, owners still suspended, front office. You feel like you could probably go three and two in those games. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like you can roll with Teddy. I feel like with Teddy, and it will ease the blowback because you if you if you roll two out and something like. That's a day late and a dollar short. I should have done that going in. I know, but I'm saying, like, what, if you run him back in like week six and, and Daniel Hunter scoop slams him. You guys just both said that. I, I just said, I, I just don't think they care. I said week eight. I'm not saying week eight because I, I, you asked me when will he be back. It wasn't me being a doctor, it was me being the dolphin in charge of the dolphins. These guys, these guys went out and tampered with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. They had a bully gate scandal. 
They, they, every these guys. They had a coach <laughs> snort cocaine. That yes. was, I was thinking about that guy. That guy was awesome. I hope he's doing well now. But that was a fantastic story to watch. I, I doubt older. he is. He might be. You never know. Um, but here's the thing, and, and Florio tweeted this because he's always looking to point the finger at somebody. He's like, look, Stephen Ross has been suspended. Who are we going to blame for letting this go forward? So Stephen Ross, is, I would imagine, he's like, look, man, I, I'm sitting in one of my mansions far away. I'm not allowed to do anything, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, Gloria uh, Stefan. Pass move. Pass move. In the chat, Benson has this fantasy that NFL players come back from injuries depending on the schedule. It's not like that. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's not a hundred percent concrete. That is, you don't. If you have a player who's injured, you have a, the team. You don't think the team looks at the schedule and thinks, okay, when would be a good time to bring him back? No, I get that on some level, but I think not every uh, time. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, yeah. With this order, I, don't, I, don't, I think to bring him back early. I'm That's going. To, I'm saying week eight. What are you laughing at, Breach? I just the comment that said Brinson has this fantasy that NFL players come back from injuries depending on the schedule. Oh, well, if if when when is he coming back? I don't know. Let me look at the schedule. If you think that's crazy, you should share Brinson's uh, fantasy about Chris Collinsworth. And that'll really (laughs) blow your mind. (laughs) I think he plays. You just said week six. What are you changing? I don't know. Week five. No, he just, he just laid it into it now. He's just days from now. They brought it back four days from the last one. What are they worried about? All right. I mean, I, I think I think because you but here, here's my thing on the on the, the scheduling mattering. If you have Teddy Bridgewater and you are a contender, you feel more comfortable rolling with Teddy Bridgewater for a few weeks against an easier schedule and not bringing Tua back. That's the whole point. I get it. All you right. Said, this isn't like, hey, let's let tough. Cooper Rush play and let Dak Prescott's thumb heal. It's a head injury that it's if he's ready to play, let, like if you keep him on the bench, he's going to want to play. So that's yes. the thing is like, right. It's a head injury where we work on the comments. Scheduling matters for personnel decisions. In yeah. But, but to, to breach his point, it's one thing. And you talked about Dak coming back early. Uh, no, they're, they're saying a personnel decision similar to like Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, where right. let's not throw a rookie to the fire. But like not Tua, with a discussion. Unless Tua has a neck or an, if, unless he has a neck or spine injury, if it's a simply a head injury, he will come. He will be out of that concussion protocol in seven days. Let me let me put it to you this way. So let's go back two hours to ten seconds after Tua's been carted off the field. When then would you have guessed that he's going to return? I would guarantee you, you are going to say in ten days, and that's sort of my point. Like, okay, we thought he was going to die. Okay, oh, well, let's, he, let's go back. Let's go back four days before that when Tua was stumbling uh, around like yeah, a like, like a. And, and I'm on like, record as oh, saying, when, when will he be back? <laughs> but you would have said Thursday. <laughs> no, I was on record is keep his ass out after halftime. Right. And again, my point is not, this is when I think he should be back or when you simply ask when he will be back. Yeah. And I'm right. banking it on. All right. Okay. Gotcha. All right. That'll be it. Breach, uh, what are you on the oh, Bengals positivity? Of the podcast. Oh, well, thanks, Wilson, for extending the podcast for 45 more minutes. Uh, I will give you a 15-second answer. There, see? I am much more positive now because they're two and two. And look, you look at their schedule, Ravens, Saints, Falcons, Browns, Panthers. If they can beat the Ravens, if if they can beat the Ravens, you like to think they can be seven, two, or six, and three at the bye. 
not with this team. All right. That'll do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Wilson, for Breach, and his little Bingo's onesie. I'm Brinson. See you guys later. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.